Hey everybody, welcome back to another episode of God Built This Podcast. I'm your host Maxine, we're on episode 116. Hey, my name is Maxine, we on 116. My name is Maxine, we are... All right, welcome back. I miss you guys. I miss you guys. We are back. We are black. Let, before we get into anything else, before we get into anything, and his, his, oh shit, what now, Maxine? I just want to talk about lubricant. Yes, we're starting off this podcast episode with the topic of lubricant. Lubricant, you know, lube, you know, what you will put on the dick or the pussy to make sure everything is smooth and wet and right. I had sex recently. Ooh, uh, you know who you are. <laughs> no, but um, yeah, so I had sex recently and. I finally experienced sex with lube. The how long have I been having sex? Uh, my first time having sex was when I was 22. I am 30. So the eight years of my sexual intercourse experience, of my sexual intercourse journey, this has been the first time in my life. <laughs> in my life having sex with lube this is a new world i i've experienced a different threshold of adulthood this is what y'all mean about oh my gosh sex is amazing this is it you mean to tell me I could have been having sex all the time prior and not have been dry you could have you could have told me I could have been having sex this whole time and not be afraid of getting some type of dry rash. This whole time I could have been enjoying myself sexually through intercourse. Cuz you know oftentimes I would say, oh, well, I guess I'm just one of those women who just don't experience any pleasure through the penetration of a penis inside of my vagina. That was just my belief. That was my core belief. Like, this is just me. I'm just one of those girls. You know, apparently this is a thing that many women experience as far as not feeling or not experiencing an orgasm via penetration. My God, hey, I'm, about to end a, I'm ending the call right now. I'm ending the call this whole time. And then you may be thinking, wait, huh? So how have we, here's the thing, like, you know, naturally when you're, you're starting up the engine, you know, keys in the ignition, four plays right, the pussy's wet, right? It's a wop. It's a wop all day, all night, all afternoon, whenever you're getting it started. Me, the way my pussy works, let's just go into it. Let's, the way my pussy works. Starts off wet. It starts off wet. A thought comes into, into my mind. You say something that's probably just such a turn off. Or I'm annoyed with what you did earlier and it, it, the, the, the memory of that comes back in my head. And then boom, pussy is dry. Dr like Dr Arizona, dry. Like 
just just dry okay just dry as fuck it's a dap dry ass pussy so in those moments when my pussy would just switch up on me and i'm like oh i thought i was in for the ride i would hope i would hope in that like literally in the the motion of being penetrated i would hope Okay, my pussy is realizing there's a dick inside of me. Let's let's get wet again. Let's get moist again. Let's get back. Let's get the engine running. Let's get the engine running. And yet, what has been my experience is nothing. Like, I haven't had my engine running smoothly whenever my pussy would get dry again. Instead, I would just just end it early i would try a little bit longer and you know maybe if he strokes me this way if if i if i turn around if he hit it from the back it's gonna be better it's never better it's never better once i'm dry i'm dry get off me otherwise it's rape you're raping me i'm i'm you know and my eight years of having intercourse i have not not ever thought I needed lubricant. No one introduced lubricant to me. Um, I assumed lubricant was just for those who are older, those who want more of like a freaky sexual experience. Because I would see those Trojan commercials. Ooh, you, do you like it fiery or do you like it icy hot? You know, and apparently there's lubes that's specific to a certain temperature. I don't know if I want all of that in my vagina. I don't know. I don't know. Maybe I'll try it later. Maybe. Maybe. But I I don't know. So I just assumed that lube was always for if you wanted an extra, an additive to your sexual experience. And maybe I'm a traditionalist. I don't really want all that extra shit. I don't want to peg my man, right? Like, there's a lot of girls that I would see online, not in like real life. I don't know what women real life who are interested in pegging their men. And by for those who may not know what pegging is, don't look it up because if you're listening to this podcast while at work, please don't Google pegging. <laughs> this is my warning. Do not do it. I am not responsible. Go home. Don't even do it on your phone while at work because you may be connected to the works, you know, your job's Wi-Fi. Just wait. Or just continue listening. I'm going to tell you what pegging is. And make sure your headphones are on. (laughs) But pegging is basically fucking a man. You are fucking a man as if you're the man. And you're fucking him from the behind. Because where else would you? Not from the mouth. At least, I don't know if it's a different term. But you're fucking the man from the behind. And you're using a dildo. A prosthetic. (laughs) Whatever it is. you're you're, You're sodomizing him. For his pleasure, because allegedly the pleasure point or major pleasure point for men is in the anal. Now, I know some guys, not personally, but from what I would listen to online and read about, I know there are some men out there who are liking their ass eaten. Now, I haven't gotten there yet in my sexual identity. Um, I'm not going to shame anyone for being there. I'm not close to doing that. I feel ultimately what's a hard no for me is pegging. 
and I don't know how we got to this part here, but that's a hard note for me. And when I think of, oh, I know why we got here. So when I think about like the adventures I've had sexually, I have been very much a traditionalist. I haven't really been open to inviting toys in the room. I'm not as sexually open yet as far as like bringing different fixtures in the room. Look, you know, let's, we can talk about LL Bay for a moment. <laughs> Throwback, um, just to say like, as far as sexually experiencing different types of people, that's the only experience I've had with, uh, you know, LL Bay. But as far as inviting any fixtures in the mix, it's just, I'm just a, a believer of, well, I feel like me and the next human, right, me and my partner will or should be enough pleasure for me, right? That's how, that's what's been my mindset as far as sexually adventurous type of thing. Now, when I think about toys and like vibrant, all that stuff, I just feel like some things I was, I would just rather keep them to myself. And I don't even want to do toys anymore. Is this too much for the beginning of the podcast? Welcome back. Hello. How are you guys? It is Tuesday. Hello. If you listen to this episode on time, but <laughs> let's just continue because you know how I am. Uh, I think, you know, what I've noticed about my clitoris is that I'm very sensitive and maybe the pressure of the vibrator that I was using a while ago was too intense, so much so that I had to stop and speak to my gynecologist and be like, hey, and he was in my gyno, he was just my PCP. I'm like, hey, uh, something feels weird when I'm peeing. Something feels a little off. When I pee, I feel a little tingle, and it's not the right type of tingle, right? It's not that horny tingle. Does anyone feel horny when they pee sometimes? Ciao. But I would feel a little tingle. I would feel a little uncomfortable peeing all the way. I would dread peeing because there was just instant discomfort, this sensation that was not at all pleasurable. So I stopped using vibrators for my personal use and of course i'm not bringing that into my partnership with the the person i'm i'm sleep, i'm sleeping with so there is just i just don't want i guess i'm a little prudish maybe i'm a prude i need to explore this about myself because i'm still figuring it out i was uh you know the person i was having sex with but um he okay so we meet each other very well sexually. I'm talking about Freckles Bay, by the way. Uh, we meet each other very well sexually and on a lot of different levels as well. Like, oh, God, I like him. Jeez, let me just. And I hate when I start to like somebody, like, really deeply because it's like, oh, my gosh. I need to actively not think about him to, to like, focus on the tasks that I'm doing right now, you know? But the reason why I bring that up is... I have a tendency of thinking immediately, oh, this person's only with me for the sex. 
This person is only interested in me because of the sex. If I didn't have sex, he wouldn't be, right? And that's obviously not the case with him. We have a great dynamic, a great friendship, a great a great connection, a great, 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 a lot of different words to describe what we have going on. And it's deeper, it's deep, it's great. So when I think about our sexual connection, it's great as well, right? Everything is like all in alignment. But then a, a part of me, not even a part, but like I'll have like these, I don't know how to call it, but you know how you have just like these negative thoughts that will come in and try to ruin your joy and try to ruin the the happy space that you're in. And then suddenly you're you're having thoughts that's saying, oh, you know, he's only just fucking you, right? You when it's not even it's not even the case. It's not even the case. But anyway, I think about that because I wonder, like, I always feel like at least the guys in my past is always been more so about the sex than anything else. And although it's obvious that it's not about the sex with me and Freckles Bay, it's it makes me feel like, oh my gosh, what if it is because our sexual chemistry is so strong and it's, I know it's not that. It's, it's all in my head. I'm not saying this for any type of reassurance, but I just, I'm actively walking myself out of these thoughts. I was speaking with my therapist, not about um, my romantic dealings with anyone, but as far as condition-based thinking, and she presented this this notion to me that when we're raised with you know by our parents by our caregivers there are thoughts there are beliefs that are embedded into us because of what our caregivers and what our parents instill in us ever since i was younger my parents will always or my mom in particular and my sister actually will always say you know, the people who you work with, your coworkers are not your friends. Your coworkers are not your friends. Your coworkers are not your friends. Don't trust them. Don't talk to them. Don't at all engage with them. Don't say anything to them. You go to work. You don't go to work. <laughs> My dad will say that too. <laughs> you don't go to work to make, to make friends. Just very cool. Like, damn, what if I like this person? Just on some friend level. Um. So all the years that I've been working, I've always felt this hesitation for really opening up and really allowing a friendship to transpire between me and a coworker and coworkers. And yet it's very difficult to be hesitant when you're someone, for me at least, I'm someone who genuinely is someone who likes really good company. You know, I value quality over the, over quantity and when I meet someone who represents the type of person I want in my life, regardless if you're a coworker of mine, I still would like to cultivate some type of camaraderie, if not more. And for the friendships that or relationships that I have that I have created in my work life, it's I feel like I have to compartmentalize them because of this condition-based thinking that I've had since I was younger from from my upbringing. 
And my therapist mentioned, you know, this is condition-based thinking. You know, this is obviously not something that you genuinely believe as your own adult, as your own person, as your own person with authority. Therefore, why take this mindset? Why Why take this thinking into who you are right now? You know, don't allow what you've been told to dictate how you operate today, especially if today you are not at all in agreement with that mindset. You can befriend people who you happen to work with. I'm not saying everyone. And, I'm, and I understand that hesitation because there are some coworkers who may be um, sneaky, who may be people who you may not want to tell too much to. And sometimes I just talk, right? Sometimes I just like to just talk and I'm just genuine. I don't I don't like to lie. And if we're having an honest conversation, then we're having an honest, and I'm telling you about whatever. You know, that's just me. But I also am mindful of there are people who you don't need to tell every little thing to, who you don't need to talk to outside of the workplace, keep it specific to work. But then there are people who you may just really connect with. And this person just may happen to be a coworker, a colleague of yours. Is that going to stop you from developing something genuine and and of quality and of substance with? No, it shouldn't. You know, how many friendships and just genuine relationships have you missed out on because, oh, this person is a coworker. This person is this specific role in my life. And I was always told I can't go, I can't go past this certain level with this person. How many times, you know, sometimes we just, um, we play our own self because we don't challenge these thoughts and these ideas that were embedded into us. So I say all that to say, out of the eight years I've been having sex, this is my first time having sex with a lubricant, okay? (laughs) That's why I said that story. (laughs) why did i bring that part up about the work i don't know but um i hope it all makes sense just bring it back just rewind and bring it back y'all bring it back y'all but yeah lubricant oh my gosh hello when we're and here's the thing with me i'm not i don't feel like i'm much of a sexual being i still get a little self-conscious i still I, I love affirmations. I want to hear something. Tell me I'm good. You know, tell me you you find me sexy. Tell me, tell me, tell me, tell me, tell me. You know? And when I, when I engage in sexual intercourse, I feel, I feel, like I put in my head that, oh, this is all I'm worth. This is all you want from me. This is all you, this is all you want from me. Nothing more, nothing less. And again, I know this is a lie. This is not the case with Freckles Bay. And I know this is something that I need to work out of in my thoughts. It's just, you know, when you've just been with a lot of people who uh, just didn't really value you as a whole and just use you for their own gain. It It is something that you have to actively think against. So lubricant sex is amazing. <laughs> 
and I'm having I'm gonna, <laughs> I'm gonna, I'm gonna no Lubakusa is amazing and I really am grateful <laughs> for this newfound threshold that I'm in and I just want to say you know I think that's a different level of maturity that I reach now that I'm in this you know this thing with this person I feel like you know you know people say oh don't compare your current situation with your previous ones I'm not doing I'm comparing every nigga with this nigga okay with this man I'm comparing them all and what is so interesting to me is that I've never been with at all with some in any type of capacity i've never been with anyone in whatever capacity it is who's just nice just nice nice without an agenda nice without a motive just nice like there's there's no underlying you know (laughs) cause to his is just nice just nice. I, I'm, I'm just so appalled. I'm just so shocked. Um, you know, going back to Boston Bay, because you know I got to point him out for reference. I think I was just so mean. Just so mean and angry and aggressive and volatile and hostile and just like, like, damn, nigga, did I fuck your bitch? Like, that's how angry he was and he'll act towards me. And, um... I never really, and the times when I would experience him being nice, quote unquote, were times when it was nice for a motive. The times when it was nice to prove a point, it just wasn't genuine. And so finally, experience a capacity at least with someone who is just nice is just very relieving like I I could breathe I could I could breathe again you know Tony Braxton I like that's I could breathe so I'm grateful for that um let's go back to the sex real quick uh (laughs) because I want to talk about another thing remember Leprechaun Bay I talked about him in the last episode shout out to that episode you see a bonnet episode 115 check that out if you haven't yet um but i talked about leprechaun bay who was my first adult boyfriend and the last relationship i was in and that relationship ended i got to 2014 2015 that ended six years ago okay so that was my last official relationship in my adulthood and there was a time, there was a couple times in that relationship when he wanted to add fixtures, let's just say that, fixtures in the bedroom. He wanted to go to the sex shop with me and have me see what he's been or what he's done in the past or what he's interested in doing what he wants to do what he wants to add to our sexual experience and as i said just a moment ago 
I'm not that much of a freak, okay? <laughs> I'm very much a traditionalist when it comes to like sexual adventures and all that. And that the same thing I'm saying now was definitely, de it was definitely me back then. Think about me then. I was always vocal, but like I wasn't as vocal as I am now. So think about that version of me back then. Being 22, um, being in a relationship with a man who's eight years my senior and who was condescending as fuck. Okay? So, it was one time we went to D.C. together. And we're walking around DuPont Circle. We were walking around somewhere. And apparently there was a sex shop nearby. And I don't know if he, I don't know how he knew about this sex shop around the corner. I don't know if he was looking at sex shops nearby. He just happened to be on his phone. And he was looking at sex shops nearby. I don't know if he happened to be at that sex shop before and we just happened to be at the right place at the right time. But we was out having breakfast, more so brunch. And the checks get the check gets picked up. And he's talking about he wants to bring me somewhere. <laughs> He's talking about he wants to bring me somewhere. Who's thinking about a sex shop at noon? Huh? Please tell me who's thinking about a sex shop at noon. Not I. <laughs> so I'm like, wait, what a, you know, I'm not even like nervous about it because I'm just, I'm excited. Like, oh, this is going to be something romantic, something fun. Not something freaky. Now, I'm more open. Actually, no, I'm not. I, I'm not. I just feel like... Anyway, let's get back to the story. Because I, 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 I think there was more of a reason. No, I, not I think. I know there was more of a reason why I was not at all receptive to his desire to bring me to the sex shop. <laughs> so anyway, I don't know how I got out of it. So he eventually told me... Because I, I wanted to know what. Like, what is it? I wasn't really into, into surprises at that moment. I think I was already annoyed. I don't, I don't know. I don't know. As I said before, every time I was with him, I wished I wasn't with him. But I was so not confident in myself enough to walk away that I felt like I just needed to shut up and put up. And my identity was so tied into being in a relationship and being on the course of marriage and just following this lifestyle that... I assume was for me, although it was more so a, a, a projection that other people put on me. Anyway, broke out of that, right? But um, so anyway, so he says that. He says he wants to take me somewhere. I, I fester it out of him or pester it out of him. Exactly. Like, wh what the fuck are you talking about? Wh where do you, you want to take me at 12.01 p.m., nigga? Where the fuck you want to take me? So he says, oh, there's this sex shop uh, just like a few miles or a few blocks down and he wants us to go. And he, while he was speaking, there was this like this. He would try his best to look sexy, like in his face, like try to be like just like sexually appealing. 
My pussy was always dry. Hello? My pussy was always dry. Why wasn't that enough for me to walk away? I don't know. But thank God, you know, that's over. That's done. I'm just giving y'all context, okay? Not bitter. <laughs> I'm very happy. Um, so he's while he's telling me that it's a sex shop, he's having he's presenting this this look on his face. Like his eyes were glossy. He was licking his lips like LL Cool J. Just doing the fucking nigga, what the fuck? I'm not done with my friend's toes, and you wanna go to a sex shop? Huh? I just ordered another round of bacon and you want to go to a sex shop. Oh, okay. I, I, I thought it was bottomless mimosas here, but no, it's not. And you still want to go to a sex shop? Get the fuck. Bring me home. Bring me home. So I say, yeah, uh, I don't, I don't I was trying to find a way to get out of it. I, I, I didn't reject him outright. I found passive ways to do so. So I was just saying like, oh, I'm kind of tired or I really want to just go back to the hotel and lay up. We didn't end up going, thank the Lord. But the point of the matter is, what the fuck? What the absolute fuck? You want to go to a sex shop? Do you not know what time it is? What are we supposed to do? So, ultimately, though, the reason why I feel like he really wanted to explore this new threshold in our sexual experience with each other is uh, he wasn't as endowed as he would have liked and as I would have liked. Let's, let's be the fuck clear. Okay? Nigga had it short. Let's just say that. Um, and he did not please me at all sexually. As far as, like, he'll try. Remember the time? I, look, go back to the last episode. I talked a lot about that sexual experience with Leprechaun Bay. And the many times that he would eat me out, y'all, I would just lay there thinking about, huh, tomorrow for lunch, I could have bacon on top of my salad and then I'll have the salad chopped. And that could have sriracha dressing on. I was thinking about everything else but his tongue licking my, my pussy lips. That's how unattracted I was to him. That's how displeased I was. That's how unsatisfied I was. There was nothing he could have done. Nothing. So I think more of an incentive for him was thinking like, okay, well, we could go to the shop and get X, Y. I don't know what type of, I don't know. He never really talked about that with me prior. So him presenting this whole sex shop thing, I was like, oh, you go to sex shop? Like I was just, like I was choking on my own saliva. I was still trying to figure out what the fuck is going on. <laughs> Since when you go to sex shops? What do you do there? Like, what do you what do you usually get? What has been your thing to get you off? Because you never present, you never initiated this conversation with me, and now you just want to go to a sex shop after I just ate my French toast. Go to hell. 
So, um, yeah, we, we didn't end up going. We did not end up going to the sex shop. Thank the Lord. I don't know what he would have been into, what he would have wanted me to get. I don't know if he was going to be into me pegging him or um, getting a dildo while he does X. I just, I just feel like, and I was just really against it even more. I didn't tell him, though. I didn't tell him the, all the reasons why. But I was really upset about it, thinking about it, because I was like, if you just please me well enough, right? If you just please me, period. Ne never mind well enough. If you just please me sexually, we wouldn't even need to be here. We wouldn't even have to have this thought. You wouldn't even have presented me with this idea to go to this sex shop with you. If you just know how to eat me out, huh? If you just know, if you just knew how to just not stick your tongue and just lay it there and you just, rather than actually moving it, can you move your tongue? Move your fucking tongue. What, what do you, <laughs> yo, this is a, my legs would be open. He would just have his tongue there and I'm just laying there like, am I supposed to just move my pelvis to help him out? At what point? At what point am I going to get pleased? At what point? Child. So, this is why I'm so grateful for Freckles. <laughs> this is why I'm so grateful for, you know, Freckles, babe. Because I think about, like, there's this strong sexual chemistry and emotional chemistry and mental chemistry. All these other chemistries are present, yet... Um, I think about all the guys prior to him, and I'm just like, wow, the difference, the difference. So yeah, Leprechaun Bay presented me with this idea to go to the sex shop, didn't end up happening, and I think ultimately my hesitation and my disdain for sex shops is you're not pleasing me alone when we're just, it's just us two. Now you want to add this extra tool, which, okay, logically, it could make sense, right? Well, if I'm not pleasing you well enough, this could help, right? This could help boost your, excuse me, this could help boost your sexual pleasure. Look, I'm burping, sorry. This could help boost your sexual pleasure with me. Maybe that's considerate. No, how about you just know my body? How about you just, not even just know, and sure, I think there's some responsibility that I could take here. You know, I always like to take um, reflection moments and times to think about, hmm, what could I have done, right? If I was more confident in myself at that time, I would have been more vocal. I would have been clear. If I was uh, more confident in my sexual identity, I would have been more comfortable leading him towards the right move and the right uh, motion and the right stroke, sure. Not once, though, did he ever ask. <laughs> Hello? Hello? Is this on? Is this thing on? Not once did he ask, how does it feel? Does it feel good to you? Do you like it when I do it like this? How, do you like the way I taste? So I like the way you... I don't, you don't... You know that shit. Talk that shit. Talk that shit. What are we doing? You know, not once did he ask. 
Um, and he got his he he got his rocks off five minutes, y'all. Like, oh my gosh. And niggas will say all the time. Let me tell you something about guys, okay? Guys who come early. Let me tell you. Let me tell you a little bit something about them. What they will always say is, "Yo, I just, oh, I just haven't had sex in a while, man, and I just got so excited." That's what they would say, and then boom, explode all in you or on your stomach, okay? Because they didn't have sex for a while. Nigga, what's a while? Really? Okay. Because last time I checked, you was fuck, fucking somebody else right before me. But okay, you haven't had sex for a while? Hmm. Okay. How are you coming in five minutes? What? Did you try? Did you try? And then I think oftentimes the stereotype is, well, older men may have less of control when it comes to their sexual <laughs> explosion. You know, they get so excited and, you know, they're with this this tender young thing and they're feeling j- just so exhilarated is everything you know but au contraire au contraire because let me tell you something about the, the the man now let me just call him the man now that i'm that i'm spending time with the man now <laughs> let, let that be enough to say I don't give a talk about him in detail because I feel a little nervous because he, he sometimes listens. So shout out, hey. Um, but let me just say this. There, when you when you take care of your health, <laughs> I'm gonna go here. Can I go here? I'm gonna go here. When you take care of your health, when you take care of your um your digestion system, you know, your digestive system, you know, you're aware of what you consume, what goes in your body you are mindful of it all you are more likely to sustain sexually you're more likely to be in control of your explosion sexually and it's a more pleasurable experience for you and your partner you know that delayed pleasure is top notch top notch anyway Say all this to say, if you often get a dry ass pussy, even if you started off super wet, but something about your body, which is totally normal, it's totally fine, you may feel like, look, maybe I'm weird, something's wrong. Nothing is wrong. You know, every body, every physical body is different and it's okay. You just have to figure out what works for you. And what works for me is <laughs> lube. Let's call this episode lube and y'all figure it out. But seriously, what works is that. So I encourage you to try it. If you are someone like me who will get a dry ass pussy and you need some assistance, do not feel ashamed. This is not something to be stigmatized. Um... This is something to be embraced and to be cherished. And you deserve, you deserve a beautiful 
sexual experience rather than something cut off short because you got dry, right? Because he said something stupid and now you dry as fuck. Now you a prune. It's okay. Get some lube, you know, communicate. You know, I encourage you to get something hypoallergenic, something without fragrance, you know. So, <laughs> lubricant it is. Lubricant sex it is. Okay, let's get into these other topics. I just, child, you know, when I go on, I go off. I'm so happy to be back. I miss you guys. DMX has passed away and... You know, it's it's sad, of course, losing someone who, you know, many of us didn't know him directly, right? But he definitely played an influence in my upbringing growing up. I listened to a lot of DMX as well as other artists, but he his songs were thematic in my childhood, in my adolescent years, and as well as many of my family members, they love DMX. Shout out to Felicia. She loves DMX. So his passing wasn't at all taken lightly when it comes to the impact that he had upon many people just being who he is, a genuine being, a vulnerable person. Um, and it wasn't easy for the hip-hop community as a whole. I think also it wasn't surprising for me, you know, for many years he has been addicted to, to cocaine, to crack cocaine in particular, um, I don't know if it's in particular crack, but to cocaine in general, and this has been something that was introduced to him when he was at the tender age of 14. Allegedly, his mentor, who was uh, an up-and-coming rap artist at the time. He had DMX with him as his hype man. And as he was smoking weed with DMX, he laced, allegedly, this, this is what has been the story for many years, so I'm assuming it to be true. Who knows if, it's, if it is or not. Um, and it may have been in, his, in, his, in DMX's biography, autobiography. But um, the story is that the mentor laced DMX's weed with, with cocaine, with crack. And ever since then, DMX has been addicted to it. And it's really sad because, you know, oftentimes when we think about addiction, we tend to put it towards the next person, right? Like, oh, man, I don't, damn, that sucks. Well, you know, that couldn't be me. Or why can't you just say no? Why are you choosing this, this drug over your family, over your children, over your spouse? Or, you know, why can't you just put it down? Like, just move on. Come on. You know, sometimes we like to think about drugs as a faraway experience when in all actuality, it, it could very well be you. <laughs> Hello? It could very well be you. Someone dying over an overdose, someone being introduced to drugs, hardcore drugs, could have very well been you. So it's very important to sit back and humble yourself. Be grateful, of course, that you're not someone who's addicted to a hardcore drug. 
yet be sympathetic and understanding enough to know that it could be you. It could have been you, you know? And, and I say that because any blimp of a moment, life is so funny. You know, you could be high one day, high off of life. That's really what I mean by high. High off of life, things are going well. You're promoted in your, in your career. You're doing well financially. You are in love and life is good. And then boom, things fall apart the next day. You lose your job, your loved one leaves you. You the the identity that you had wrapped around your career, wrapped around your marriage, wrapped around all of these things suddenly fall apart and you lose yourself, you lose who you are. And boom, the next person, the, your neighbor, someone off the street, a curiosity of yours you realizing that you just want something to make you feel good. You haven't been feeling good for a long time. You just want to feel relaxed. You don't want to stress. You don't want to worry. And someone someone through the shadows just come up and introduce you to this drug or tell you, oh, it's weed. It's going to relax you. Next thing you know, that's laced with something. And... I don't think we recognize how easy it could have been you. It could have been someone who you know. So instead of being judgmental about it being an overdose that he that he experienced that caused his death, um, we have to recognize that it, it just could have been you. It could have been anybody. And addiction is so, it, it just is a trickling effect. You know, it, it happens. It, it, it doesn't just happen. You know, there's a circumstance, there's a spiral of events that take place in your life to bring you to that point of addiction. And anyone is, is, suscept- is susceptible, excuse me, <laughs> anyone is susceptible to addiction. Anyone is capable of being an addicted drug addict. Um... It's just sad. It's really sad. And when I think about death, you know, ever ex- ever since my cousin passed away, may she rest, it's going to be a year on the 15th of this month, April 15th. I've been, I'm finally to a point in my grieving stage where I am accepting it for what it is, accepting that she is gone and that's that's it and what i have from her what i will always just have from her are the memories the moments that we shared the the experiences that we had all the memories and the the trigger moments that i will have in my daily life of a song that Joanna would have sung with me right now, of a TV show that Joanna and I would have watched and discussed, of any moment that we that we had. So, you know, a part of the grieving stage is acceptance, accepting the reality of what it is and being okay with it being accepting of it maybe okay is not the right word yet but being accepting of the fact that it is what it is 
And I also add into it is that, you know, I know some people are not religious or, or at all a believer of life after death. But for me, what brings me comfort is life after death, is the fact that there is life after death. After death is what I believe. You know, although Joanna is not in her physical body that I knew her to be in all my life, she is now, her spirit is now elsewhere in a different realm and her spirit is experiencing life after death. <laughs> and I sometimes would think about, hmm, what is she doing right now in life after death? <laughs> is she living in the house that she wanted to live in, um, that she wanted to get for herself? in the physical realm is she now experiencing that in life after death and as christians we're promised or we're um we're believing to we believe that there is promise for us in life after death that with jesus with god you are promised you are given this paradise with him in heaven there is no fear there's no worry there's no pain there's no heartbreak there is just joy there is bliss there is love just all goodness around you now that you are in the gates now that you are with christ now that you are with god up in heaven and that's what i believe is the case for my cousin joanna that's where that's what gives me strength that's what gives me comfort when I think about her, like, well, you know what? Of course I miss her. And of course I would have love for her to still be here. I think about, well, she is no longer experiencing pain. She's no longer experiencing the physical ailment that she was experiencing prior to her death. She's now in a space where she is in bliss, in joy, and she she's good so that brings me comfort knowing that she's in paradise and she's good so when i think about death with uh dmx um i just think about you know he was a bold believer of god of christ a bold believer you know being the rapper the hardcore thug the the addict that he was he was also a believer he was also someone who who loved God who prayed aloud and who was not ashamed of his faith he fell on his knees thanking God asking God for forgiveness asking God for deliverance asking God for guidance and he would say multiple times he gives his life to Christ and what's so beautiful about that is seeing black men, seeing hardcore, thuggish, you know, roughneck niggas being vulnerable, being um, loving and worshipful to God. It's a beautiful thing. I think it's so sexy. I know it probably shouldn't say sexy when you think about a man praising God, but I think it's fucking sexy. You know, that's why, that's why these girls be fucking these pastors. I get it. It is sexy seeing a man worship the Lord, 
Hello? Because I think it's beautiful, you know, when you're worshiping someone who, you know, you can't see physically, right? Isn't in front of you, isn't someone who is tangible, you know, if you want to be technical, and you are leaning onto this person because of faith, because of this intangible thing like faith. You know, you have hope in the word, in the Bible. That is so beautiful to me. So seeing a man worship, seeing DMX do that and being the hardcore guy that he was, yet still gentle, still soft in many other ways, it's just beautiful. It's, it's, the, it's the duality of human beings. You know, we are not just one-sided. We're not, we're not just one type of of a person we are complex and we are beautiful in that complexity so seeing dmx boldly and publicly and proudly praise the lord and still be who he is or who he was it just it's really a testament to the name of this podcast you know oftentimes i I talk about the reason why I named this podcast God Built This and it's to stand in your authority, stand in who you are boldly, unabashedly, um, you know, with no shame, with no worry, just standing in that and letting that be your fuel. Like, okay, God built this. I am who I am. God built this. You know, what is this? This is... That this could be um, the the vulnerable yet aggressive yet yet sensitive yet confident yet insecure yet you know we are so many different things so many different personality traits and and yes this is me this God built this so seeing DMX in all of his essence. For the many years that he has been, um, you know, present to, uh, presented to us in servitude with his music, with his essence, with his aura, it's an honor. It's really an honor. And, you know, of course, death is not easy. Grieving is a process. But being that I am in a space in my grieving where I'm in acceptance that's how I feel right now towards DMX. Like, okay, well, he's in a better place. He was battling with addiction for quite a while, and now he doesn't have to deal with his demons anymore. Now he doesn't have to deal with the pain of it and the guilt and the fear and the, all of that. And he was outright about his pain. And, you know, the, the reality show that he used to be on, couples therapy, he was very vulnerable, would cry aloud and talk about his strained relationship with his children and it's very painful so now that he is no longer in this physical realm and i believe he's he's with christ with the lord he's now in a space where he's with joanna he's with my cousin right now (laughs) um you know they're in peace they're at peace they're in the peace (laughs) they're in bliss and that's that's how I see it. That that's what brings me joy. That's what I genuinely believe. 
you know, and I understand that many of us, not many, I don't know, but some of us may not be believers and that's okay. Be who you are. God built this. God built you too. (laughs) But that just, that, that really brings me joy. Can we talk about behind her eyes for a second? Y'all, I really, I'm going to tell you guys right now to stop this episode right here. Right here. This is a spoiler. And I'm not even going to go in too deep about spoilers. I'm really just going to talk about the themes, the theme topics of this show, Behind Her Eyes on Netflix. Go check it out if you haven't yet. Again, this is a spoiler, somewhat so. But I'm just going to go over the theme topics of this show. (sighs) Because, baby, I just... My life is changed. Oh, mama, you're being dramatic. What do you mean your life has changed over a Netflix show? Yes, my life is changed. My life has changed. It will never be the same. Ever. Do you hear me? My life is different because of this show, because of the ending of this show, because of the impact of this show. Now, I was asked a profound question by my friend Danielle. And you may think, what what is the profound question she may have asked you? What she asked me was, what is this show about? Baby, I don't know. Drop the mic. (laughs) Let me stop. It's about... It's, I don't, and what I mean by I don't know, I don't know where to even begin. I don't even know what to tell you what's about. I don't even know. Do you have time to, for me to break it down to you? Do you have a moment? Because you got to write it down. I have to write it down. I need to walk you through this. What is about? I can't just answer that. What do you mean? You just got to watch. Just watch it. I don't know what it's about. Just watch it, girl. Just watch it. Okay? But basically, what it's about... And I'm just going to go over the theme topics. It's about the, okay, the theme topics that are present in this, in this uh, show is astral projection. And we're, we're going to go into that in a moment, if we have time. But it's astral projection, drug addiction, uh, the gay agenda. And I'm going to say that with love. I'm not saying it like a homophobe, but I'm going to break that down in a moment. Because if you've seen the ending of the show again this is spoiler so please stop and go watch and then come back but gay agenda is also a theme topic for me and another theme topic that i wrote down for this show is black women trying to save the day again unnecessarily that's i know that's a sentence but that's another theme topic (laughs) okay if louise just minded her goddamn business she would have been alive she would have been alive again please i don't want to spoil it please just stop the recording and come back after you watch this entire series it's only six episodes long so those of you who may not be like tv heads let that be uh, an incentive for you. It's just six episodes. And the six episodes, for me to tell you my life has been changed off of a six episode series? Oh, please go watch it and do yourself a favor. One thing I can say as far as my complaints 
would be I can't stand a British accent. I'm sorry. It's just cheesy. It's it's chalky. It's cheesy. It's too much. Fix your fucking R's. Can you take your time and speak? You talking so fast. And I don't like watching stuff with with closed captions. I want to know what you're saying while you're saying it. I don't want to read something to figure it out and then go through the whole reading comprehension. I don't have time for that. Can you fucking speak... (laughs) Can you speak English? <laughs> Can you speak American? <laughs> Sounds so stupid. But uh, that is my only con about it. Other than that, this show is phenomenal. Um, let's talk about astral projection real quick. I want to give you guys the proper definition before I butcher it. And maybe I'm even saying it wrong. Is it called astral projection? Yeah, yeah, it is. Okay. So I literally just Googled it. So go ahead and you can Google this. <laughs> I know I said before, don't Google. What was it that I told y'all? Pegging. Don't Google pegging right now. If you listen to this at work, <laughs> don't do it. But you can Google this. Astral projection. It's spelled A-S-T-R-A-L projection. Okay. Astral projection is a term used in esotericism to describe an intentional out-of-body experience that assumes the existence of a soul called an astral body that is separate from the physical body and capable of traveling outside it throughout the universe. Okay, astral projection is also called astral travel. So, you know, these are two terms that mean the same thing. And this is a theme topic in Behind Her Eyes because, again, I don't want to spoil it, but you have characters, astral projection, astral traveling amongst the universe, and you see how much it could be a disaster when you do something like this. Now... You know, some people are not in a believer of this woo-woo stuff. Woo-woo. I know someone who is a, a, a gun-ho atheist. Like, nigga, you don't believe in anything? Do you have, do you know what fucking a miracle is? Like, you have kids. Kids are a miracle. And I know, like, science is real. But, like, miracles are real, too. Like, it, it goes hand in hand, I feel like. But anyway, you know, some people who are just totally atheist out they just you lack the imagination you you lack the curiosity of a different world of a different realm you know i think it's pretty fun to explore different just differences in our existence like i just can't fuck with people who just at least i, I want to be able to fuck with someone intimately who just don't believe in shit like damn do you at least believe do you at least believe in the devil do you believe the devil's real or not? Oh my god, this brings me back to young no Church Bay. Remember Church Bay, y'all? I haven't talked I haven't talked about the nigga in a minute. But Church Bay, super religious dude that I dated briefly. Well, it was for a year, but it don't, it don't even count. It don't even count. It don't even count. Um and he's Haitian as well. And a lot of times with Haitians, Haitians who were Haitians who are still 
religious and believe in the Lord and Christian out and raised that way and still gun ho and is not open minded to any other religion or beliefs or mindsets. It, it they very they very much so lack any intellectual capacity, any range. They are very limited in just their mind. Like, nigga, go read a fucking book. You can't just read the Bible all day. And even if you do read the Bible all day, you have to understand even in the Bible, it talks about other faiths. It talks about other practices and and, uh, rituals and traditions that may not be in alignment with with the Christianity that you know now. Doesn't mean that that shit's not real. Like if you want to just only read the Bible, you could still read about other displays of beliefs and rituals and practices that may be deemed as demonic. Um, so anyway, with Church Bay, he would say how he doesn't believe in voodoo. Voodoo is he doesn't think it's real, and he just thinks they are they're basically stories that Haitian elders make up to scare the children and blah 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 blah. Like, nigga, go fucking, go pray. Go pray right now. Sound like a little bitch. Like, I just hate people like that. You know, because something is too scary, I'm just not going to believe it's real, so it's not real. If you if you don't think something's real, then it's just not real. Like, girl, what? It's real whether you believe it or not. If the, you, you, you go ahead and believe the devil's not real. You go ahead. What? And it doesn't mean, like, you could still be very much a believer of God, of Christ, of Jesus Christ himself, the Messiah, Jehovah Jireh, Yahweh. You could believe in them, in him. I'm saying them has, like, you know, multiple names. You could believe in that so much so and still recognize that, yeah, the devil is real too. How you not believe in, how you don't believe the devil is real yet you believe that jesus is real the same jesus who withstood the temptations that the devil placed upon him in his 40-day fast hello remember the fasting story in the bible did you read that part who who was it who was jesus talking to who was tempting jesus the devil so like let's not do that whole well i don't it's not real because i don't believe it's real therefore it's not real <laughs> Anyway, so Behind Her Eyes is a show on Netflix, and these are the topics that are present in the show. Astral projection is absolutely real. Now, I... What I love about Frank... Oh, let me stop. I don't talk about him too much. But, um, you know, I love... You know what I just really appreciate? Let me just say this real quick. I just really appreciate that I can have a range of conversations with Freckles Bay and it's not weird. You know how like some niggas, and I'm gonna say niggas in particular. I'm using that word. I'm not, gonna, I'm not just gonna say men. Some niggas, you just gotta only talk about sex with them. You only gotta talk about sports or hot topics with them. If that, you can't even talk about politics. You can't even talk about being a black man in America, they just, they, their intellectual capacity is limited. There's no such thing has capacity in their mind. It's very limited. And, um, it's, it's completely not that way with Freckle Space. So anyway, I, I was having a conversation with him about astral projection and all of that. And he was sharing, I'm not going to say too much about his experience, but he was sharing his experience with that. 
and how yeah that shit's real (laughs) and him knowing people who has who had experienced that as well and um like regardless if he would have said anything to me about if we would have had that conversation it's the fact that we these are experiences that we have that we may have had right when we when we were younger when we were in a certain lifestyle we may have been more open to these experiences astral projection astral traveling because we were more so in a space in our life where we were more susceptible to it to it but now excuse me being the age that we're at being in the experiences that we've had and maybe the the closed off nature that we have now we are not as open to it as we as we once were so you may have experience projecting having an outer body experience where your soul leaves your physical body and it's exploring different worlds different areas in the world and um you know th- these are these things are real let's just say that but i think there is a a caution that should be had when it comes to diving into this You know, as much as God is real, you know, there's goodness in the world and in Christ and all that, there is evil. There is, there are agents of evil present that are willing and able to influence you into, and to mold you to who they want you to be. And what's, child, what's so amazing about this show, I'm still just like, I'm on reddit.com in the app. Shout out to the app, the Reddit app. I'm on Reddit finding more conversations about the behind her eyes and talking about different points that we noticed and just having real deep discussions about the show because it's that fucking good and it really just makes you think. I love stuff that makes me think. If you guys haven't noticed by now, <laughs> I always say this. I, I just love thinking. I love being stimulated. I love being stimulated. You know, call me a sapiosexual because that's really, I would definitely say, you know, that's really how I am. If you could stimulate me mentally, I'm yours. So astral projection, you know, you just have to be mindful of all of that stuff because You don't know what's out there that is ready for you to leave your physical body and ready to capture your body. And what changed my life after watching this show is how many people, and by the end of this, by the end of the show, you'll know what I'm, you'll know why I'm, what I'm, why I'm saying what I'm saying right now. Okay. And I I try to be uh, respectful of the fact that maybe some of you are not up to date with the show. So I'm not saying too many details, but if you have watched the show or if you have come back after watching the show, after pausing this episode and coming back to it, you'll know why I'm saying what I'm saying. Um, when you're, what changed my life about this show is that there are people out here who may very well be in the same physical body that you knew them to be in 
yet something about them has changed. They look the same physically, but they don't look the same, if you know what I mean. You know, you, you know how you look at somebody and you could feel something's up with them, something's off, something's interesting, something's a little, hmm, troublesome, worrisome about that person. You step into a room, you could feel the energy in the room, you could feel the spirit in the room. We are all spiritual beings in a physical body. We are all spiritual beings in a physical body trying to go about this world in the flesh that we're in. This is borrowed time. And I just think about like the people that you may have encountered, that we may have encountered, who are no longer the people that we have encountered. I was sharing a, um, a story with, with Freckles Bay and I was saying how many years ago when I was younger and I was at home, you know, my family home, and I was like, I want to say 13, 14, I was young. And in my adolescent years, in my childhood, I had a very troubled relationship with my mom. Very troubled. Um... As she was walk, I was in the dining room table, in dining room, and I was sitting on the dining room chair. I was doing something. I probably was drawing. I was just doing something on on the table with pa- pen and paper, and I knew my mom was coming down the steps. And I before she even appeared, because the way my steps are st- uh, set up, you can't see who's coming down until you until they go to a certain step on the stairway, and then you see, oh, it's mom, oh, it's dad, oh, it's whomever, right? So I knew it was her. I immediately just felt her presence. And that's another thing, right? You know, we're spiritual beings. We feel things. We feel energy. We feel the room. So before she presented herself, I knew it was her. And I immediately felt this heaviness, this dark energy, this this fear, I felt it over me, and I turned to look at her as she was walking down the steps, and she stopped um, somewhere at the top of the stairs, and she said something very mean in Haitian Creole. She cursed me out. I don't know exactly what she said anymore because it was many years ago, but I remember how I felt in that moment, and it was because she said something mean in, in her native tongue, and I understood what she said, and I was hurt by it. And I looked her in her eyes and I saw just black, just fucking black. Like, yeah, they were white, you know, around the eye, right? You know, the regular white, but there was black. All I saw was black and it was scary. There was this darkness around her. The lights weren't on at the time, like on the stairway, the lights, at least the top light wasn't working. And there was just just this dark presence, this dark energy around her. As she cussed me out in Haitian Creole for whatever reason, my I didn't say anything to her. I wasn't doing anything mischievous or rebellious. I was just sitting at the dining room chair in the dining room. And she came down the stairs and she was looking very, very evil. And I was afraid. And in that moment, it happened so quickly. She said what she said. I felt her negative presence. I felt a negative presence around her. And 45 seconds later, she continues walking down the steps, and that presence just went away. It went away. It was gone. 
And I think about astral projection now that I watched a show behind her eyes on Netflix. And I think about that moment with my mom. And I knew prior to knowing about astral projection, prior to knowing about astral travel, I knew she wasn't all well. I knew something was wrong. I knew something came over her. I knew there was something in her that wasn't good. Okay? I didn't have the words. I didn't have the verbiage. I just knew something wasn't right. And it didn't make me feel good. And now that I am aware of what astral projection is, I wonder at that time, was she, well, I not even I wonder, I know she was usurped by another spirit. So now I wonder about like all the times that we are facing people, people who we think we know because we see them in the same physical body that we met them in. And how many times are they taken over? by a spiritual entity how many times are we taken over by another spirit other than our own you know this flesh although it's the flesh that we are born in and the spirit in which inhabits this flesh at what point are we no longer in the flesh that we're in And that flesh is taken over by another spirit, another being. So it just really kind of psyched me out. And it psychs me out sometimes until I have to actively not think about this show and not go down a whole rabbit hole. Because when I tell you guys, after watching that sixth episode and the fifth episode, I just... I was down a wormhole. Like, oh my gosh, this is scary. And I'm not easily scared. I'm not po- I'm not spooked out. I'm really not. Like, I could watch The Conjuring. I could watch stuff like that. I just I think it's not funny, but I do laugh during scary movies. I just oh, I just I laugh for a lot of things. I laugh when I'm happy, I laugh when I'm sad. I laugh I just laugh. I like to laugh. But yeah, I do laugh in scary movies, but I'm not scared watching The Conjuring. But seeing things that I feel in real life that I've experienced in real life, that I've seen examples of in real life, that is not just like a faraway thing. Because you know what scary movies is? It's like the scary monster and brah, this woman in in a torn up wedding dress. And it's like, what are we doing? (laughs) This is scary. That's what makes me laugh. But what doesn't make me laugh is the things that are from another realm that we can't necessarily control as much as we could or maybe that we are aware of that we could and the lack of control that we have sometimes. So that really scares me. Another movie that scares, not scares me, but just makes me really kind of spooked out and make me think is The Purge. Movies like that, that feels like it's real. That feels like it could happen, right? We live in a world where we're fucking wearing masks. I can't, I, y'all, I know it's said, oh, you shouldn't be saying that. This is not, you gotta care about the health. Shut the fuck, I'm sick of it. I don't wanna wear a mask. <laughs> How did we get here? I don't wanna wear a mask. I don't wanna 
walk in to the restaurant with my mask just to sit down at the table and take my mask off because now it's safe. Can y'all shut the fuck up? What angers me about this whole situation is the fact, and we're going to talk about COVID real quick, and we'll get back to behind our eyes and close out. But what angers me about it is that there's a lack of consistency. There's a lot of things that don't make sense. You get the vax, but you still wear the mask. What? There's no promise to life prior to this. I understand, well, there's going to be a new normal. I don't want this normal. I don't want to adjust. I don't want to get comfortable with it. I don't want to get masks that are for different colors of my outfit. No. I'm just now wearing black mask. And they're all disposable. I don't want to just wash my mask. It's good for them. I don't give a fuck about the environment at this point. <laughs> and it's funny about this is that... Anyway, I don't want to talk about that. I don't, I don't give a fuck. I don't. I'm disposing it because I'm ready to move forward. It's been a year in and nothing has been progressing as much as it should be. I Look, I go on and on about the COVID-19, but let's just move on. So, um, yeah, so these are the theme topics of Behind Her Eyes. If I didn't sell you with what I just shared, then I don't know what will, okay? But please go watch this show and come to me as soon as you finish. I want I want all the DMs. I want all, not the text messages. Please don't text me. <laughs> For those who have my number, don't. It's like, no. If you have my number, then most likely I wouldn't mind a text from you. Um, about the show and that's it. That's it. Don't be like, hey, so what you doing Friday? Nothing with you don't open the conversation on some manipulative shit that's what boston Bay would do all the time like nigga i'm done um but yeah please reach out to me if you have finished watching the show and i just want i just want to talk about it can, can we just talk about it i just want to talk about it it's so good it's so good it's so good i just love stuff like this so if you have more recommendations that are similar to Behind Her Eyes. And if you've seen the show, it's actually not a show. It's called Black Box. And it's a movie on Amazon Prime. It's similar to, uh, like, astral projection. As far as inhabiting another physical body that is not the same body that you were born in. Hopefully I didn't spoil it as, as much as um a, a normal spoiler is anyway y'all ah that uh, it's this is a really heavy shot i think i might just go back on reddit and just like read more comments about it because child it's really good thank you so much for tuning in you guys i appreciate every listen reach out to me if you have any comments make sure you leave comments on either apple Podcasts, soundcloud or spotify be sure to subscribe tell a friend and tell a friend follow us on god built this pod on instagram and follow my personal page at hama more on instagram i'll see you guys next week peace thank you for tuning in to another episode of god built this podcast with your host maxine Be sure to leave a review, give me five stars, and of course, subscribe. Also, follow God Built This Podcast on Instagram at God Built This Pod. God bless.